Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My buddy Tom Waddle on the Goodyear Hotline in just a second as we continue on this morning after a controversial Monday night game in Pittsburgh. Bears-Steelers, we'll get all over that with Tommy. And much more to come in this hour. But I, I want to draw people's attention to um, what Hembo is wearing. So right now we are streaming on ESPN+. Plus. And I will take a picture of what Hembo is wearing. Put the hat on too, Hembo. I'm going to take a picture of what Hembo is wearing. And I'm going to post it on my Instagram page. So my Instagram page is at ESPN Greeny and, uh, on Instagram. And Justin just walked in here and handed us, we've got swag. We've got merch. For the first time ever, he has a hashtag greeny hat. It actually looks fantastic. He has a hashtag greeny hat and a hashtag greeny shirt, which I must say looks very nice. Now, why do you make that smile like a lunatic? What kind of smile is that? Because I knew that you would react that way. Because after but the last time you took my picture, smile. inexplicably. If you're just taking a normal picture, you just smile like a human being. What, what's exactly wrong with my smile? Is it my eyes, my mouth, Yes, you look, my nose? What's wrong with your smile is that you look like a maniac is what is wrong with your <laughs> How smile. How so? Like, just, just smile just like a person. It. Jenny, am I wrong? He smiles like a, like a nutcase. What is the matter with you? Just smile like a person. Yeah, see, that's, well, no, that's a little fake, but I get it. You're right now not smiling. <laughs> but the point of it is it's insane. At any rate, I just want to make the point that we have merch now. We have merch now. So now I feel like we've really made it. We got hats. We got shirts. We got mugs. I got a mug that says hashtag greeny on it, which I'm very excited about. So this feels very good as I bring in my old friend Tom Waddle, who, of course, hosts Afternoons on ESPN 1000 in Chicago with my, my friend Mark Silverman and has, is, has been around long enough that I covered him as a player. Tom Waddle was a <laughs> tough-as-nails wide receiver for the Chicago Bears cir- circa early 90s when a young greeny was a reporter and, and schlepping around after you guys. How are you, Tommy? I'm good, Granny. We we kind of grew up together, didn't we? I and, mean, same time, same city, doing the same thing. I mean, it was all great. In some ways, yes. And and we've we followed similar paths, obviously, not just with our careers, but with our kids at Northwestern. I was just there this weekend. Both my kids are there now, as I think you know. We just had our first parents' weekend this past weekend, oh, and it was awesome. just phenomenal. By the way, I, I when you use the words swag and merch, it yeah. warms my heart. It just makes me feel good. <laughs> I like that. We are, we, are, we are a little swaggy here, and we got the merch. Okay. Yeah, Let, let's, let's get to business here. Um, a lot, I, I really wanted to spend a lot of the TV show this morning and then this show talking about how good Justin Fields looked yeah. last night and all that, but I can't get off the officiating because every time I bring it up, everyone is – so let's start with that. Your, your, your thoughts and give the country a sense of what the folks in Chicago were saying this morning about the officiating last night. Well, I think it was awful. I, I mean, there, there's no question. I'm actually rewatching the the game right now, and I'm I'm into the first couple minutes of the fourth quarter. And you know, the roughing call on Mario Edwards was a bad call. The the low block on James Daniels was a, a bad call, and obviously would get to the to the Marsh taunting penalty. I just it was an awful night for the officials. I, look, I'm not one that likes to point to the officials as the reason why a team would win or lose, but that was awful last night collectively. And it's not sour grapes. It's reality. It was, there were some bad calls, questionable calls, and there's no doubt that it defined the momentum of the game at different times. Absolutely. Let's deal in the taunting one in particular, because unlike holding or defensive pass interference or whatever else might be a play that if you swallow the whistle, you're actually having an impact at the same time. I, I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but like when you don't make a call, 
most of the time, then then you are actually having an impact on the game because it might have impacted the play. Well, taunting, obviously not. The Bears are going to run off the field and so are the Steelers and they're going to punt and nothing is going to change. Do you believe that certain calls should not be made in the final four minutes of a one-possession game? Should that be taken into account by the officials? Well, it's such a great question. I think by the letter of the law, the answer is no. Uh, by the spirit of the law, and, and it's a game for crying out loud, uh, I think there are moments when you should remove yourself from helping determine the outcome of a game as an official. Um, and, and the problem I have with this, like, look, I, I, I get the essence of what they're trying to do with the taunting penalty, but everything's up for interpretation. And your interpretation as an official has got to be paramount with regard to how a, a game is going to be affected. Like, again, by the letter of the law, what, what Marsh did was, was you could construe that as taunting. And, and you've got to know better as a player right now that they're looking for this stuff. But I think, the, the, you know, on its foundation, at its foundation, I think that the rule is just silly. Interpret it. If it's egregious, like, I mean, really egregious and is violating the rules of good sportsmanship, throw the flag. If it's not then keep the flag in your pocket and don't be part of the influence on the outcome of the game. So, look, I get it. These officials have a tough job. These are some of the greatest, most dynamic athletes in the world moving at a high rate of speed. It's tough to be an official. But if you're going to take on the job, you got to live up to the standards of the job. And I don't think the majority of these officials right now are interpreting the taunting rule the way that it should be from my perspective. Greeny with you here, brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union, proud to serve members of the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans and their families. Our members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Tom Waddle is with us from Chicago. So then let's get into the. We've talked so much about Justin Fields on this show, yeah. and by extension, the head coach in Chicago, Matt Nagy. And I don't take back a word that I said. I have been confused, to say the least, with some of the things that I've seen. That said... Here we are essentially midway through his rookie season, and the last two weeks the arrow seems to be pointing straight up. You are much closer to it than I am. What are you seeing? I see the majority of the reason why the arrow is pointing straight up is is the play of the quarterback. Like, look, I'll give credit where credit is due. As I, as I tell my kids, you don't get extra credit for, for not doing drugs. That's required in my house. You're not supposed to do drugs, so you're not going to get extra credit. You're supposed to put together a game plan that will accentuate the positives of this young rookie quarterback. With that said, and I think they've done a better job. They've protected him with running the football. I think the protections in general have been a little bit better. His arrow is pointing up because he's playing well. He's playing confidently. He is very calm. Um, he is decisive when he wants to run. I, like I said, I was just going through the game again, and I know they scored three points in the first half of that game, and his stats weren't very good. But his stats were also affected by a penalty on a nice out route he threw in the first pass of the game. I thought Justin Fields from from the opening snap. Are there moments where you 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 know you can be critical? Sure. Uh, does he need to be a little bit more accurate on the deep ball uh, deep ball more frequently? Possibly so. He's going to learn to take a little something off when he's throwing the ball down the field. But he's pushing it down the field. He's making decisive decisions. He's obviously a difference maker athletically. I don't think there's any doubt this was his best game of the year and building on what was a nice outing for him against the 49ers in a loss last week. I'm excited about some of the stuff I'm seeing when I watch it a second time. He is just, he's learning. He's processing things more quickly. 
It's still going to be a challenge. All rookie quarterbacks go through this process, but I couldn't be more excited about the potential and some of the improvements I see him making on a week-to-week basis. Greeny and Tom Waddle is with us here, and I mentioned Tom was a, a receiver for the Bears. And when I think back on your career, if there's a player who plays today who reminds me most of you, it would be Odell Beckham Jr. Just when you look at the at the physical skill set and uh, the similarities, uh, the dynamic athlete, the speed, the game breaking. You know, take a third and six and take that slant to the house. That was Tom. For no those doubt. of you no doubt. who don't remember his career. Where should Odell Beckham, if he becomes a free agent this afternoon, which is the expectation, is there a team you can think of that you will say on your program today, you'll be live, you and, you and Sylvia will be on when 4 o'clock happens, and I think the Eastern time, 3 o'clock your time, and the expectation is I think that within an hour or so he's going to wind up having a team. Where is it that he will sign that you will say on the radio today, that team just won the Super Bowl because they just signed Odell? Well, I, I'm, I don't know if I can go that far, but, I, I mean, he's, he's a perfect fit for Tampa, right? I mean, I know there's only one football, and, but Tom Brady's the greatest that's ever done it and can distribute the football better than anybody. Like, I know they are obviously last on the list in terms of claiming him, but it, I, he's got to go into a situation where there's good structure. I, I don't think he is the distraction that everyone you know, says he is. To me, being a distraction is not being available on Sundays, and I think getting past the knee injury – you know, he, he's available to play. Uh, I, I think you'll find him most excited about playing with a team that's got a shot. But obviously, you know, I mean, the pie-in-the-sky ask would be to see him playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that offensive huddle would just be grossly, you know, better than everybody in the league. Yeah, I, I you know, and Jeff Darlington, who knows Brady really well, has said repeatedly on Get Up With Me, that those two guys have a relationship. He, he has mentioned sure. it multiple times. Brady had that relationship with Antonio Brown, mm. and that's how A.B. wound up with him in New England and now winds up with him in Tampa. And Jeff has repeatedly said, do not overlook that. So we'll see what winds up happening. All right, Tom. Uh, you know what, also, yeah. Greeny, real quick. Go. When he gets in the huddle and he's demanding the football, Tom Brady can look at him and tell him to be quiet. If you bring him to Chicago and he's yelling at Justin Fields, he's trying to process everything. That's a different dynamic. So. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. that brings us to the thing that happened in Cleveland. You know, I, I'm interested in that. I, I'm up against a break. Do you have 10 minutes to hang around a couple of minutes? I can call you back. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Put Tommy sure. on hold or, or let him go back to rewatching the game. And then we'll call him back in a few minutes. Take a short break. Of a few, because that brings us to the Baker of it all. And I think that's interesting. The dynamic of a player like Tom Waddle, all kidding aside, he was not the guy who was going in the huddle and screaming at the quarterback, throw me the ball. But he was a good player and he understands the dynamics there. And I, I do think that the impact that Odell had on Baker, it is interesting, and I would like to get into the dynamics of that. So we'll do that coming up in a moment. Uh, we have a bunch of other stuff. We've got some basketball notes here to get to. We're jam-packed. Stay right where you are. This is Greeny, and I've got merch. Oh, the picture is going up right now on ESPN, at ESPN Greeny on Instagram. You will be able to see the merch, and you'll be able to see Hembo smiling like a lunatic. So go to at ESPN Greeny on uh, Instagram and you will see the really nice merch. We got hats. We got shirts. We got mugs. We're getting somewhere on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. 
big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My friend Tom Waddle continues with us here on the Goodyear Hotline. Again, everyone in Chicago knows Tommy, hosts Afternoons Forever on ESPN 1000. It was a really good, tough, I joke around here, but a really good, tough, hard-nosed receiver for the Bears back in the day when I was covering them. Tommy, what's the hardest anybody ever hit you? Tom Waddle's job was on third and six to run seven yards downfield, catch a seven-yard pass, and then get blown up. I mean, back in, there was no, like, defenseless receiver. Tom got hit more – Tom got hit harder than any player I ever saw. What's the hardest anybody ever hit you? I think at one point, Greeny, I, I, I think uh, Pat Summerall said I'd been mowed down more than an Augusta freeway – or uh, fairway, <laughs> I think, at one point. Um, you know, look, I was not a yak machine. There was no yards after the catch. I would say it had to be – I got hit um, in Tampa by Thomas Everett. Uh, I went up over the middle. Steve Walsh, God bless him, love him dearly, threw me a medicine ball, which is one that usually puts you in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Everett dropped his head and hit me right on the chin with the crown of his helmet and knocked me out midair. Uh, and I hit the ground and my knee bent back and my hip was in an odd space. And like, I, I don't really remember anything other than the kind of coming to, and my trainer was standing over me and he's like, lay down. And I said, no, I'm not going to lay down. I need to get up and, you know, not let whoever hit me think he got the best of me, but they picked me up. They took me into the locker room. They sewed my face up and, uh, I had a, second degree sprain in my MCL. I tried to come out and play in the second half and couldn't do it. And that's probably, yeah. I mean, of all of the, the wonderful hits that I was on the receiving end of, that was probably the worst. You know, when you say, I don't want that guy to think he got the best of me. I mean, at some point, isn't that kind of a useless, like, like he clearly yeah. got the best of you, right? You're lying there no, unconscious yeah. and yeah. he's yeah. still standing there, uh, probably glowering we over call, you. We call that, we call that false bravado. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're not going to get the best of me and I'm laying in a pool of my own blood. <laughs> and it's not a catch. You know I mean? I had it until... He knocked me out, and then the ball came out. So at the end of the, and they didn't even throw a flag. So, and by the way, my coach at the time was 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 Dave Wanstead. Mm-hmm. And Dave, I think, coached. Um, I, I think he coached uh, the guy that hit me in Dallas. And after the game, I think they asked Dave if that was an illegal hit. He said, "No, I thought it was legal." I'm like, "Dave, you're my coach. You're not Thomas <laughs> Everett's coach anymore." <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the legendary story when when LT broke Theismann's leg. 
you know, one of the most gruesome nights of all time. Apparently, I can't confirm this, but I've read it, that Theismann was lying on the ground screaming, I'm going to get you, Lawrence, I'm going to get you. And LT looked at him and said, not tonight, you're not. Because <laughs> 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 his leg was facing in yeah. the wrong direction. Okay, let me get back to business. But we, we talked about the Bears. We talked about Justin Fields and everything else. But here's the thing I'm interested in. We talked. To, I, I asked you quickly about Odell Beckham. And right. you're talking about... How he's got to go to a place with a veteran quarterback who is who is who has the 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 gravitas or whatever the word I'm looking for is to be able to look at him and say shut up right like like yeah. Aaron Rodgers Tom yeah. Brady guys like that can have a, have a wide receiver and, and I'm sure this happens all the time is yelling and screaming get me the ball throw me the ball I'm wide open like some quarterbacks can look at them and say shut up and yeah. some can't. Do you believe that was that was one of the problems with Baker Mayfield? Because as I look at that situation, it is just inarguable to me. Baker Mayfield not only plays better, he just looks better when yeah. Odell is not out there. Because it looks to me like he feels like I'm the man out here right now. And when Odell was on the team, whether this was his fault or not, it didn't look that way. You're a receiver. Yeah. What do you think? It's hard to tell not being in that locker room to see what the dynamic is. I think you get two strong personalities. I think, you know, inside the building, Baker is probably regarded as a really good leader, and Odell is a, a very accomplished receiver. Look, I think that their dynamic in Cleveland as well, it's not a volume-passing offense. Like, they're based on running the football and play-action pass. They rank – like, Baker ranks 25th in pass attempts, and they rank 25th in passing yards per game, and that's just – you know, as a wide receiver, as accomplished as Odell is, he's looking for seven, eight, nine targets a game. And that's just not how that Cleveland offense functions most efficiently. So um, I, I think he got frustrated with not getting the football. And um, I just I think at some point the, the relationship while off the field still may be a good one on the field. It just doesn't work. You know, you can't stay together for the kids. It, it's best for the kids. Sometimes just to call it quits on the relationship and move on. And I think that's what's best for the, them in, in Cleveland. I agree. And then let me get more general then, because you're right. You don't know the specific dynamics of this relationship, and neither do I. But generally speaking, when you've got the huge personality, I'm trying to think if you ever played with a guy who was like that. I mean, you you would tell me you were there after like Willie Galt and McKinnon, guys like that. Well, I don't remember who the other receivers were, but my point is, when you've got that kind of receiver who's yelling and screaming, like what is that dynamic with a quarterback? Yeah, I think it puts pressure on the quarterback to, to start throwing the ball into areas that maybe he shouldn't instead of going through your progressions and your reads and doing your job most effectively and most efficiently. At that point, you're just trying to please one member of an 11-member offense. And I, and I just I don't think it's good for – I don't think it's good for the morale of the team. And I don't think, quite frankly, it's good for the overall production and the efficiency of the offense. So, look, I, I think Baker was a younger quarterback. You know, he obviously was enamored with the player that Odell Beckham Jr. was. And, of course, you want to keep that guy happy and you want to get the ball to him because he can make big plays. But, like, when you're standing in a huddle and you've got a guy barking and he's asking a young quarterback to do something that maybe the play is not designed for – that just doesn't, again, that doesn't, that doesn't work for anybody. And, you know, I think what you've seen, as you described it accurately, you know, just a, a divorce between the two was probably best for all involved in Cleveland. All right, Tommy, thanks for a bunch of time today. Everyone in Chicago yep. looking forward to the show this afternoon. I'll see you soon. Thank you. You got it, Greeny. Be That's well. Tom Waddle. He really was tough as hell. I mean, all kidding aside, like, you know, the game was so different. But, like, that hit was not a flag. Thomas Everett, who hit him, I, I, don't, I don't have the play in my mind, but 
does the at the description of it, right? That guy get would get suspended, mm. right? He wouldn't oh, just yeah. get fined mm. in a fifteen yard penalty. You'd get suspended for doing <laughs> something like that, and that's good. Like that, let, let's make it clear. That's a good thing. Like the game of football, while maybe that stuff was very watchable and a lot of people loved the game for that reason, just wasn't safe. Like, it just, that's just not right. You, you should not be putting your body in that position. But do you feel like the game is any less watchable now? I mean, way more people watch it now, right? Right, because the few people who watch it less because they miss that stuff mm-hmm. are greatly outnumbered by the more people who watch it because of the increased offense. What they've done is they increased offense in the mm-hmm. NFL. That was one of the ways. Now, they did that for player safety purposes. But the increased offense brought all the fantasy football into it. It's impacting the gambling piece of it now. It all works very well. So, look, you don't need me to tell you. They're obviously in a very good place. I want to draw your attention to the ESPN Daily podcast. Brings you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. It's available wherever you enjoy your podcast. All right, a few other things that I need to get to today, which we will in a moment, including uh, I'm Sorry What, which will include making a coach, excuse me, a coach making a decision that I totally agree with. You'll hear it as we continue in a moment. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio celebrates Veterans Day. I'm Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I just want to send a big, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans, the people that have served this country to give us all the amazing freedoms that we have. We love you and thank you for everything that you've done. Celebrating veterans, past and present, on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Uh, Let's get to a couple of different I'm sorry, what's here, and then we have a few other pieces of business to wrap up the day. I want to start with Robert Sala, the coach of my beloved New York Jets. So you're going to hear him on the Michael K. Show Monday. Now, I told you I liked what he said earlier. This one I liked a little less. You know, you've got the Zach Wilson situation and Mike White is playing well and White is probably going to play this week because Zach is still not healthy yet. And Michael is asking him the right question, which you'll hear the question about, you know, 
what can Mike White win this job? The answer I could live without. Let's say that Mike White starts on Sunday. Does he have a chance to keep this job if he plays well? <laughs> well, it depends. You never know day to day, brother. Uh, shoot, if he what do you, what do you? I'll ask you if he throws for four hundred. What do you think? I think you got to start him the next week. But I mean, Zach Wilson's your quarterback of the future, no, no matter how great Mike White is. That's what I think. No, I hear you, brother. But uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this. If, if Mike White uh, ends up having to be the starter and he plays his butt off, it would be a great problem to have. No, no, it would not. It would not. No, it would, no, it would, no, 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 no. First of all, please stop asking Michael what he thinks, okay? I love Michael Kay. He is a brilliant announcer. He's been a friend of mine 20 years. He's terrific. I don't want the coach of the Jets to be asking his opinion on how he should handle his quarterback conundrum. I don't want that. I don't want that. You want that? Ask it off the air. Don't ask him on the air, what do you think I should do? Because I'll tell you right now, I've been a Jet fan my whole life, okay? My credentials are intact. I sat there at Shea Stadium with my dad, December in the late 70s when we were 3-10, and 10, and my father told me to make it. A fan stays till the end of the game regardless, so we're losing to Oakland 31-6, and I'm sitting out there drinking hot chocolate out of a thermos that my mother packed me under a blanket that we brought. So I, this is, I've been doing this my whole life. And so my credentials are intact as a Jet fan. I don't want the coach asking me what he should do about the quarterback. I don't. I don't because I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to call Robert Sala and say, should we lead get up tomorrow with Odell or something interesting Aaron says on Pat McAfee today? You know why? Because he doesn't know. That's not his job to know that. My financial guys, the guys who handle my money. One time they called me. This is early in our relationship. And they said, Mike, we're thinking of doing this thing here, making this move. Uh, uh, what do you think of this? And I said, let me ask you a question. Should I have led with the baseball or the football today? He said, I don't know. I said, exactly. Your job is to know this. My job is to know that. So I, I don't like the asking Michael. I get he's trying to be cute and fun. I get it. I'm not suggesting this is a terrible thing. But I could live without it. And then the second part of it is he has to stop opening this door. This is Zach Wilson's franchise. It is built around him. Don't open the door to this possibility. Could Mike White win this job? I guess, but it's, I can't even fathom what it would have to take. Mike White would have to make you say, you know, that Aaron Rodgers is pretty good, <laughs> but have you seen Mike White? <laughs> I mean, that's how good he'd have to be. So we'd have to, he'd have to play three games in a row that make you say, I know what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes. Without anyone noticing it, someone took all his talent and gave it to Mike White. Like, that's what would have to happen in order for Mike, for Zach Wilson not to be the quarterback. We drafted him number two. Everybody in the world wanted him. They would have given us three number one picks for him, and we turned it down. He's the franchise. And it just can't be doing him any good for the coach to be openly speculating about what it might take for him to lose his job and to be asking talk show hosts what they would do. Like that, does, am I wrong? No, but Michael K had an answer, like an immediate answer. I know. And when he asked Salah, Salah laughed. Like, I, like he was not, <laughs> did you not think you were getting that question this week? Uh, uh, no, no, am I overreacting to this? Uh, I, I mean, am I overreacting? Am I, am I, am I overreacting? No, I, I mean, I understand what Salah's trying to do, right? He has that relationship, and 
I, listen, you ask Michael K. anything, he will give you his opinion. Yes, right? uh, well, he should. And, when asked, and he'll he, tell of course, you. is right to give his opinion. Listen, the first time, the first time I met, because I worked at ESPN New York, the first time I met Michael, he told me I pronounced my last name incorrectly. <laughs> so, like, I understand he's going to be willing to share that, but don't ask. Right? So your, your last name is Teixeira. It's Texera. I say Texera. I had this confer- confrontation with Mark Teixeira before about this. It's... I'm from Europe. We say it one way. He is from, he's not from Europe. He says it's slightly different. Yeah, Nuno actually told Mark that Mark does it his <laughs> incorrectly too. So Nuno did the same thing that uh, Michael did. But Nuno Here's the thing though. That. Here's the thing. When it comes to the pronunciation of your name and I love you, I don't give a damn. The Jets quarterback situation, this is my whole life. Okay, <laughs> this is my entire future. All right? I've in 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 just in this millennium, I have decided Chad Pennington, Mark Sanchez, and Sam Darnold were my saviors. How's that working out for me? I need this kid to be great. Now, do I know that Mike White is not going to wind up being an all-time great NFL quarterback? I guess I don't know that. You you definitely know that. There is a zero percent chance Mike White is even a starting quarterback in the NFL. Okay, zero. I happen to agree with you. But if I had asked the same question about Tom Brady week four of 2001, would you have said the same thing? Of course I would have. That's what I mean. So the Ravens obviously isn't a 0% chance. You can't point to the one anecdotal example, though. Mike White is not Tom Brady. Kurt Warner. <laughs> Kurt Warner is as unlikely as Mike White. I mean, I don't, I don't, I am arguing against myself now. <laughs> Uh, here's Don't what do I want. Here's what I want. I want Zach Wilson not to be listening to this right now. Zach, if you're listening, turn off your radio. I don't want anyone. I don't want you to hear people speculating about your job. I want to make it clear to everyone across the country who doesn't know what's going on here. Zach Wilson is from a town in Utah that I believe has fewer people in it than the apartment complex I grew up in. Okay, he's from this tiny little town. He has come to New York to be the quarterback of the Jets and has been anointed the savior. And they just handed him everything. They were like, you're sinking or swimming, kid. We don't have a coach who knows what he's doing. We don't have a, 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 a veteran quarterback. In play. This is all yours. And then he gets hurt. And then another guy comes in. And now we're immediately talking about him losing his job. Like we're open to the possibility. I don't want to be open to that possibility. I want to be close to that possibility, at least publicly. You know what Bill Parcells would say? First of all, he'd scowl at you for even asking the question. Then he would, in, he would use, utilize his tone to make clear how stupid a question it is. And he would say, Zach is our quarterback, guys. What are we talking about here? Zach Wilson is the future of this team. He's our quarterback. What's the next question, you moron? And he won't mean it. He would be thinking in his own mind, stuff might happen. But he wouldn't say it. So I don't want them to say it. So that's, now I'm worked up. Now I'm exercised. I mean, I didn't mean to be. I got all this merch here. I'm all excited. I'm in a good, I'm a happy mood. They, I got shirts, hats, and mugs that say hashtag greenie on them. You're really feeling yourself. I'm excited about it. And now you're getting me all upset you, about this interview. Out of curiosity. Yes. Are you planning on, on wearing any of that? So this has come up many times. So my kids... I have obviously a lot of things that say ESPN on them. And over the years on Mike and Mike, we had a million things that said Mike and Mike on them. I, I never wear them in public. And I will tell you why I don't wear them in public. Because it seems I know a lot of people, especially when we first started at ESPN. I'm not going to attach any names to it. But when I started at ESPN, there were, we started ESPN News. And we were like a fraternity pledge class. There were a bunch of us. And we were all 
basically completely unknown. We were all young for the most part. And we were all excited to be working at ESPN. And I knew a lot of guys, a lot of that group walked around wearing ESPN stuff all the time. And I always didn't like it because it felt to me like you're just kind of begging someone to say, oh, do you work at ESPN? And I can say, well, actually, yes, I do. I'm a very big deal. You should pay attention to me. (laughs) So I don't. And so I will not wear these personally, but I will be delighted to give them to people who will wear them. My children, I think, will wear them. I, I don't know that Stace will wear the shirt out. She'll sleep in it. It's a sleeper shirt. She's, I think she'll sleep in that. But you, you would say your wife will not wear the merch. That I says don't know if she will. She might. She might. She wears, she wears get up stuff, um, and she would wear Mike and Mike but stuff. But this is your nickname. Like, this, is, this is a name tag. But I think it's the same <laughs> thing. Like we, I don't want to get too deeply into this, but like we're now – we're at a place right now where, like, I'm not trying to co- draw attention to who I am as I walk down the street. <laughs> so this is not <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to get from here to there, and sometimes that isn't as easy as it used to be. Right. Like, when I was 29 and I was anchoring on ESPN News, very few people, as I walked the streets of Manhattan, wanted to take a picture. Right. If I'm walking down the street right now at the, wearing a shirt that says, hashtag greenie on it. <laughs> so I'm going uptown for lunch today. I'm going to wear this. Up and back. Yeah. Do you think anyone will ask me about it? Do you think anyone will ask me if I'm on the show, if I'm a fan? What do you think? Do you think I, I, I think the detectives will be asking, uh, so what did the guy look like that uh, <laughs> just killed that lady? He was wearing a greenie shirt, he, and he had a psychopath, uh, psychopathic-looking smile. What Nuno is pointing out oh correctly, what Nuno Texera is pointing out correctly here is, did I get that right? You're good. Good. Uh, well, you said you're good, like I didn't get it right, but you just well, want me to move I, on. I mean, if you ever heard Stephen A. try to pronounce it. Well, it's I want to say your name correctly, it's Nuno. Te- it's Texera. Texera. Yes. So well, isn't that good. what I just yeah, said? Yeah, you said you're good. Okay. So I, apologize for not, I apologize for not just giving, reassuring He's you. He's not good with the way. simple questions. Yes. Okay. He's so yeah, asking a simple a question. He gives you a very difficult answer. He does. Nuno is he's a, comp, well, he's a complex man. Mm. You know what? When you peel back the layers of the onion of Nuno, he's very unusual. But anyway, now I've forgotten what I was saying, um, which is what? Oh, oh, oh sure. Hembo being a psycho. Yeah, me going uptown. What Nuno was referring to, for those who don't know, is that Hembo has the smile of a lunatic. <laughs> he's, he's when I that's twice now I've asked you. I want to take a picture. Okay, they're there right now. Go ahead, do it again. Like that's his smile. For those of you watching on on ESPN Plus. He has the smile of a maniac. Like, you have the smile of a person that if I'm walking down the street and you're walking down the street at me, like we're on the same side mm-hmm. of the street, right. and you're walking at me and I see you, mm-hmm. I'm crossing the street. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference if the place I'm going is 10 feet behind you on this side of the street. You're crossing. I'm crossing the street. I'm crossing, if I have to, I'm crossing against traffic in order to get away from you because you look like you might at some point be wielding some sort of weaponry because you are a frightening looking, you have the smile of an insane person. That would be unfortunate for you if I do do that today going uptown with your shirt on. So anyway. That becomes a thing. Um, but no, the answer is I do not. Okay. I, I, I will not wear it in public. I may be in the house. I'm allowed to though, right? Yes, yeah, everyone can wear too. it. I would like lots. I, here's what I would like. I would like everyone in the world but me to wear it. Okay. <laughs> so okay. if everyone would wear it, that would be very good for me. I think that would be very good for mm. the show, which I am very proud of. So that would be delightful. But no, anyway, to go back, um, I'm not going to wear it. Now, we have a whole other story here that I think is absolutely phenomenal. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. Did you see what happened in the basketball game last night? Between uh, it was Denver and uh, Miami. And, and, and Miami. Mm-hmm. I, I keep forgetting which Morris brother it was. 
So at the end of the game last night, now it's not even the end of the game. Denver is going to win this game. Nikola Jokic, who is a veritable mountain of a man. I mean, he is a huge. How, how much does Jokic weigh? Stand by. I think he's like 7'1", 260. Oh, come on. Like that. 260. Listed as such. Oh, he's a, he is a, the man is a colossus. You've seen him. He's the MVP he's of the league. He's listed at 280. You're right. Yeah, he's yeah, 280. He's at 260. <laughs> so anyway, he's as big as anyone you could ever come across. And... He is running up there, and he is going to throw up a shot at the buzzer. You know, one of these, the buzzer is going to go off end of the third quarter, and he's just going to get a shot up from midcourt. Markeith Morris really runs into him dirty. Like, like, like I thought it was a little bit of a dirty move that Markeith makes. Um, you know, at that moment, you're really not supposed to just smash into him. If you're going to make a 50-foot shot, then let him make it, for crying out loud. <laughs> and maybe they had a foul to give, and that's what he, I don't know what the hell he's doing, but whatever it was, Markeith Morris kind of runs into him. Nikola Jokic does not like this, and he goes at him. If you've seen this, if you haven't seen it, look it up on social media. You can't miss it. Nikola Jokic just gives him a full-body shiver, right? I mean, he rocks. 15-yard penalty. Markeith Morris's world Mm -hmm. with all 280 of his pounds. Now, that's all I had seen. I went on TV this morning and did the show. You have been doing a little digging, and apparently – this has spilled over. There's some bad blood. What do we have? So Marcus Morris, the twin brother of Markeith Morris, tweeted, waited till bro turned his back, SMH, noted with a little emoji of someone writing down something. So that's what Marcus Morris tweeted. So he's suggesting that it was kind of a punk move mm-hmm. by Jokic to wait a second until Markeith turned his back away and went at him and hit him with the shiver. That's exactly right. Okay. There's more. And then what happened? The Jokic brothers. There at, are Jokic brothers. <laughs> at Jokic brothers on Twitter. And apparently, as we, as we learn, created a Twitter account to respond to Marcus Morris. So there was no Jokic brothers Twitter account until this happened. And they said And what this. are these brothers named? I cannot pronounce the name. Well, give it a try. Oh, stand, okay, stand by. Because it, it's... Okay, because there, there's like soft J's and stuff. Okay, so uh, Stran, Straninha, S T. Okay, never mind. Never mind. The Jokic (laughs) brothers start a Twitter account just to respond to this and and, and to respond to Marcus, who was defending his brother. That's right. Now, these brothers, what do they say? You should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, for sure we will be waiting for you. Signed, Jokic brothers. (laughs) Oh, my God. So we've got beef here. We, ha- we have beef now, not only between Nikola Jokic and Markeith Morris, but we have beef between Markeith's brother and Nikola's brothers, which has spilled over into nasty trash talk. And these guys are bigger than Nikola. No. Like, these no guys one are is bigger massive. than Nikola. No, no one. No one is bigger. Oh, yeah, they're bigger. Holy smoke. That, that, that's, is that one person? That's, <laughs> these are the three biggest people I've ever seen. So we've got that going on. So, uh, so, uh, Bubba, what do you think of this? How are we oh, going to handle this goodness. situation? I mean, I'm going as far away from the Jokic brothers as I can. Whatever <laughs> they say goes. You got it, guys. I agree. Oh. You got Marcus it. and Markeith are big and they're tough, but these three guys terrified of those guys are monsters. Uh, and and I will tell you this: I agree. I thought that Mark that the Morris hit on Jokic mm-hmm. originally was kind of a dirty play. Could've it done. probably did not deserve the response that Jokic gave it. But he did start it. For sure. One way or the other. Okay. Anyway, uh, great fun today. Thank you all for hanging out. This is, what can I say? We're having a very good time. And we'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. 
Thanks for listening to Greenie the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greenie on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.